Superbrain is a labour of love. Alas, no podcast can survive on love alone. We don't have a sponsor, so we need your support for Superbrain to stay alive and kicking. You can make a one-off donation by following the Support This Show link in the show or episode description. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to Super Brain, the podcast for everyone with a brain. In Monday's episode, author Catherine Kelly told me about the concussion she sustained in a whitewater rafting accident on the Zambezi River. And since I've written about concussion in the press and have spoken about it on radio and TV, it's high time I did a booster shot or two about it. Thankfully, the majority of concussions resolve in about seven to ten days with no lasting effects. Unfortunately, for some, concussion can have long term effects, including trouble concentrating, memory problems, irritability and other personality changes, sensitivity to light and to noise, sleep disturbances, depression and other psychological problems and disorders of smell and taste. Special consideration needs to be given to a child's brain as it is continuing to undergo development in and beyond adolescence through teen years and up to the age of 25. And that's particularly relevant uh, when it comes to sports related concussions. I mean, if concussion occurs in a still developing brain, it's not unreasonable to argue that the trajectory of that development will presumably be affected. Recent research has revealed that once a person has had a concussion, he or she is three times more likely to have another one. Children and adults are the most at risk because the likelihood that a child experiences such a concussion may be as high as one in five. And again, they may experience personality changes, inattention, lack of concentration, problems with organising, planning and problem solving and also issues around language. These are things that many people may not link with concussion and the child may be seen as lazy or as acting out. So there needs to be greater awareness of these possible outcomes and a monitoring, perhaps periodic evaluation of physical, cognitive, emotional, behavioural and language skills following a concussion to determine what problems a child or a patient, indeed an adult, is experiencing. Centre for Brain Health Researchers have found that some children, as many as one in five, who have had a concussion demonstrate comparable difficulties to children with severe brain injuries in higher order reasoning skills. Those are the kind of ones I'm talking about, the planning and the organising and the decision making, even as late as two years after the concussion injury. We tend to associate concussion with rugby, but many of the concussions that occur with children happen when falling off a trampoline, with about 15% of concussions occurring from the head itself bouncing off the middle part of the trampoline. 
The American Academy of Pediatrics has recently ranked soccer as equivalent to American football and ice hockey with a comparable frequency of head injury. And in soccer, concussion accounts for about 22% of soccer injuries. And player-to-player contact is the most common cause of concussion in soccer, with goalies also at a very high risk. Headers have recently been in the news in terms of their possible link to concussion and to dementia. With players heading the ball maybe six or seven times per game, that means in a professional career, they may have about 800 direct contacts with a ball that is moving at an average speed of about 16 kilometres per hour and a weight of 10 grams. So there's a lot more women playing soccer. I played soccer. I, in fact, married my soccer manager. Thankfully, in a way, I was never very good at heading the ball. And also, given that I'm only about five foot one and a half, I didn't have much chance of beating someone when jumping in the air. But many women do head the ball while they play soccer and women experience a greater rate of concussion in both practice sessions and games compared with men. In fact, female soccer players have the highest rates of concussion when compared with female athletes in other sports. So a concussion is considered to be a mild head injury and that's a bit of a misnomer. It's still a head injury nonetheless. But even a mild head injury can certainly cause impairments and create problems in day-to-day functioning, particularly in those higher order cognitive functions that I mentioned, which are last to develop, but also in social cognitive functions. So with empathy, with engaging with people in social situations. Higher order cognitive skills are mainly processed in the prefrontal cortex and the temporal lobes, which sit in the front under your forehead and the side of the brain, areas that are particularly susceptible to damage in sport, mainly because of their location. So the kind of abilities such as reasoning, decision making, problem solving, planning, holding things in mind, switching between tasks and those social cognitive abilities, making moral judgments and understanding subtle intentions of people are abilities that are still developing in adolescents and young adults. So one or more of them can be affected by a concussion. When it comes to younger children, they have proportionately bigger heads than adults. So the size of their heads is much bigger compared to the size of their body than when we grow to maturity. And this means they have weaker necks. So the ability to sustain a blow to the head is not as great in children as it is in a mature adult. A blow of the same degree exerts more acceleration force to a child, particularly one under the age of 12, than to an adult because of the relative weakness of their neck muscles, which essentially should act as a shock absorber. That might also be the reason why females in sports seem to be more susceptible to concussive injuries than men whose necks tend to be much stronger. Than women's. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.comslash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There really is a general lack of understanding of what concussion really is. So I just thought I'd lay that out in this booster shot. So as I mentioned, concussion is a type of traumatic brain injury, also known as TBI for short. It can be caused by a bump, a blow or a jolt to the head or by a hit to the body that causes the head and brain to move rapidly back and forth inside the skull. So no head contact at all, but the force of the body blow is sufficient to cause the brain to move within the skull. The tissue in the brain is violently jolted with a concussion within the skull and this can directly damage both the brain cells and the blood vessels that feed them. This triggers then a cascade of biochemical reactions causing the blood vessels to narrow and hampering the delivery of glucose which is the main source of energy for the brain. What occurs next then has actually been described as an energy crisis in the brain which can last for weeks after the initial injury, a direct blow to the head or when a player takes a hard knock to another part of the body, resulting in that rapid movement of the head. Now, most people do recover quickly, but for some, the effects can be more severe, as I mentioned earlier. And the person might even experience post-concussive syndrome. Most concussions result in only temporary effects, but all concussions should be taken seriously. Another kind of misunderstanding is that concussion, that there's a loss of consciousness. Actually, in about 90% of sports-related concussions, there's actually no loss of consciousness. People are surprised to learn that concussion can actually contribute to and cause mental health problems. So depression and anxiety are common after concussion or other mild traumatic brain injuries and taking the form of new conditions that develop after the injury or the worsening of a condition that pre-existed the injury. So symptoms around the mental health issues can include irritability, anxiety, mood swings, depressed mood and even apathy. So a loss of interest in life or in things more generally. Anxiety disorders can sometimes happen at the same time as depressive disorders, such as generalised anxiety, panic attacks, phobias and post-traumatic stress disorder. So how does concussion bring about mental health issues? Well, Concussion can bring about increased irritability, intolerance, impatient and impact on mood. And that can be a direct consequence of the impact of the injury itself, but also can be a consequence of difficulties in managing stimulation and daily activities in the early days after the injury. It could also be related to how trauma to the brain and the body affect how a person experiences pain and also their ability to sleep, which may then cause further changes in the biology of the person's brain. So often concussions is followed by disruptions to sleep and various types of difficulty with sleep, as well as perhaps even developing a lower pain threshold or chronic pain. Then, of course, symptoms can cause symptoms. So if persistent 
sleep difficulties and chronic pain are a symptom of the concussion or a consequence of the concussion, they in turn can lead to a person becoming depressed when they have no lack of sleep and when they're experiencing difficult to cope with pain. So what can we do in terms of society? Current focus needs to be on prevention. Um, We need to look at changing rules. Gary Lineker has called for and questioned the need for heading the ball in soccer. In the US, I think young children under the age of 14 or 15 are not allowed head the ball or even reducing heading the ball, you know, not doing it during practice sessions and only during a game and limiting the amount of times during a game. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, heading a ball is actually causing trauma to your brain. Another avenue uh, that really needs to be explored is technology that can reduce risk, whether there's particular devices that could be worn that could reduce the impact or increase uh, the ability to absorb shock. And so really what we need is more research. We need education for parents, for school teachers, for coaches, not only about when to sit it out and to change that culture of toughing it out on the rugby pitch or the football pitch, but also in terms of the subtle changes that can be caused in a child and indeed in an adult following concussion so that they can be monitored for change and interventions taken sooner rather than later and also rather than blaming them on the child as in terms of behavioural issues. Now, as I touched on earlier, concussion is also associated with increased risk of developing dementia with several former professional players, including Sir Bobby Charlton, Gordon McQueen, Nobby Stiles, having dementia diagnoses and including five members of the England 1966 World Cup squad. England World Cup winning hooker Steve Thompson, who has been diagnosed with early onset dementia, cannot remember the finest hours of his rugby career. And of course, then there is the 2015 Ridley Scott film Concussion, which explores it within the NFL. I promise I will devote a super brain booster to the relationship and the association between concussion and risk for dementia. My name is Sabina Brennan. Thank you so much for listening to Superbrain, the podcast for everyone with a brain. I am excited to tell you that I have started a podcast blog with bonus content, transcripts from the Monday episodes, as well as show notes and links mentioned in the show. I'll place a link to the latest blog in the notes directly under this episode. If you enjoy the show, please like it, rate it, share it, spread the word and follow me at Sabina Brennan on Instagram. 